Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 147. Today we're going to talk about preseason uh, training camp battles that I'm most interested in. It's so fun. It's finally here. 32 training camps are underway. Uh, what a joy to have training camps, beat reports, and preseason games this year, which we missed last year during the COVID season. The Hall of Fame game is actually this Thursday, which means we get to watch real, well, put the real in quotes, but real football this week and the rest of this month before our dynasty seasons really kick off just over a month from now. Uh, there are several training camp battles that I'm most in, invested in watching this preseason to try to determine which kind of back-end players on my rosters um, I'll need to drop or the ones I want to roster, keep on my roster, come, you know, cut date in early September. And so on this podcast, what I want to do is comment on several situations and players that I'm most interested in watching during training camp and during preseason games. So I think I have nine of them here. Uh, First one we'll say is the Los Angeles Chargers running backs. Um, I'm definitely eager to see which running back's going to win the RB2 role on the Chargers. Austin Eckler will be the star of the show for sure. Uh, but I believe the Chargers are best served by limiting his touches. Uh, Eckler will still produce as a top RB, I think an RB1, uh, even with limited touches, just because he's uh, so good and he can score from long distance and so involved in the passing game. But Eckler's problem is that he's really not efficient in scoring uh, with carries from inside the five-yard line. Both Joshua Kelly and Kalen Balaj had more carries inside the five-yard line than Eckler did last year. Uh, Eckler was injured for six of those games in the middle of the season, but even when he was healthy, the Chargers preferred to use their bigger bats on the goal line. And I believe they're going to do so again, giving whoever wins the RB2 position in LA a chance to contribute to fantasy rosters, especially if Eckler misses time again this year. Uh, Kalen Balaj came out of nowhere last year when Eckler was hurt and became a very startable player for several games. Uh, Balaj has since moved to Pittsburgh, which causes me to place my bet on Joshua Kelly to win the job, even though I've seen many very experienced dynasty managers draft Larry Roundtree ahead of him uh, many times this offseason. There were rumors, rumors that circulated a few weeks ago that say that Justin Jackson is the running back most likely to get cut by the Chargers, but he too is a competent back who's had spurts of fantasy relevance when Eckler and Melvin Gordon were injured in his early seasons. Uh, I think Kelly and Roundtree have the most draft capital. They do. They were both being drafted in the fourth round in back-to-back years. And so as a result, I believe the battle will between, be between those two ahead of Justin Jackson, um, who was drafted the seventh round three years ago. I think hopefully the Chargers are going to make it really clear this preseason which running back stands ahead of the others to be the primary backup and probably the goal line back to Eckler. Curious to see what happens there. My bets are on Joshua Kelly, or maybe I'm just biased because I have him on several teams, and I hope that that happens. Um, but I roster him because I believe it will happen, that, in fact. Next uh, thing that I'm curious about is Atlanta running backs. One of the biggest surprises of the NFL draft was that the Falcons did not draft a running back. So as a result, Mike Davis's dynasty value rose significantly after the draft, but question marks really were attached to the other running backs on the team. Uh, the Falcons signed a, the small but highly explosive Javian Hawkins to an undrafted free agent contract. Uh, he's been a late-round target of mine in, in uh, rookie drafts, 
and other dynasty managers I've seen have done the same, really just based on the fact that he can really bring a lot of juice to the team if he can earn a role. Uh, he had the most breakaway runs in college last year than any of the other running backs in the 2020 rookie class, and so he's got some burst. Uh, while dynasty managers have been intrigued by his upside, uh, Kadre Allison, on the other hand, they've pretty much become a forgotten man, uh, even though he was drafted in the fifth round by Atlanta two years ago, so he has greater draft capital over Hawkins. Uh, I have taken the position that I'm not going to forget about Allison. In fact, I've picked him up in several leagues this offseason. I really loved his college tape and had him as one of my late-round targets in rookie drafts a year ago, even though the Falcons signed Todd Gurley in free agency. Uh, he didn't really get a chance to prove himself last year, uh, but he could quickly become the RB2 in Atlanta. Allison can't fill the change of pace role that Hawkins can, uh, but he could become the, the very clear backup to Davis. Hawkins really can't become a true backup to Davis because he doesn't have the size, but he could hold a really steady role in the offense if he impresses this preseason and uh, really could be that change of pace back uh, for either Allison or Davis, depending on their health. Um, I have Allison and Hawkins shares on many of my teams. I'm really eager to see which can prove themselves this preseason, um, if Hawkins can really earn that secondary role, and if Allison becomes the clear uh, backup to Davis. Third thing that I'm uh, interested in is the Los Angeles Rams running backs, so the Chargers and the Rams running backs. I haven't got a chance to mention it yet, but of course a week ago, Cam Akers' injury. It was the first significant injury to send shockwaves through the dynasty community here this season. There's going to be plenty more to come, unfortunately. Uh, Daryl Henderson has the number one running back job, uh, back after relinquishing it to Acres, Acres at the end of last season. Uh, Henderson has proved that he can have a big fantasy scoring weeks. He's done it before, but the coaching staff in LA just really doesn't believe that he can carry the workload based on the moves that they've made. And while he'll be the unquestioned uh, RB1 for the Rams, uh, the man who wins the backup role will really have a chance to be relevant too, especially since Henderson's not proven that he can stay healthy for a whole season. So Xavier, Xavier Jones and Jake Funk were the two most added players in Dynasty rosters over the last week. You saw that, I'm sure. Um, I saw Funk picked ahead of Jones on the waiver wire, and I've also seen Jones picked ahead of Funk on the waiver wire. Uh, now their new Dynasty managers get to watch the preseason games and camp reports and see which one wins the RB2 battle. Uh, both players were thought to be just special teams, you know, have special teams roles with the team, but now one is going to do much more than that. Uh, even though Funk was drafted this year, and Jones was not drafted a year ago. He was undrafted uh, free agent. Jones had uh, far better college stats. And so my bets are firmly behind Jones to win the backup job behind Henderson. I picked up Jones in several leagues, and I'm eager to see him play in the preseason to see what he can do uh, with, with a greater role than he's had in his, in his uh, rookie year. I think it will be evident by game one which of these players will get, I think, probably 100 or more touches this season if they uh, stay with the Rams. That is, unless the Rams sign a free agent, uh, because Jones and Funk don't have what it takes. That's also very possible, too, that they watch these first uh, training camp reports as well as maybe a preseason game or two and realize, yeah, we got to bring someone else in here. And that's very possible as well. Next situation that I'm curious about is the Houston wide receivers. Uh, what matters most in Houston uh, is who's throwing passes to the wide receivers. Of course, we got that whole thing up in the air right now. If Deshaun Watson is allowed to play for the Texans this year and is not traded, uh, man, his wide receiver corpse is going to, they're just going to pop with value. Like they're all going to skyrocket in value if Watson is allowed to play. And then if Tyrod Taylor is Houston starter for the year, uh, there's still hidden value on the team. Uh, Brandon Cooks will be the top target in Houston this year. I'm sure of that. What's to question is the wide receiver two and wide receiver three roles. I feel like they're entirely up in the air, mainly after Randall Cobb was traded to Green Bay. Now Anthony Miller was traded to Houston this week. 
I've since added him to a few of my teams because the window's wide open for him uh, to rebound from a very mediocre start to his career in Chicago. Uh, Miller was one of my favorite wide receivers in his rookie class, but he has definitely not lived up to my expectations. It's uh, recently become known that he was one of the least hardworking players in Chicago, and his attitude was a big part of his falling out in Chicago. Hopefully this new environment and a second chance will wake him up. If so, he's by far the second most talented wide receiver on the team. I picked him up in several leagues already. At the end of last year, um, I added a lot of shares of Kiki Kuti also. And while he's uh, been on the bubble of my roster since, I've yet to cut him from any of my leagues because of the opportunity uh, that he has in this very crowded wide receiver room. Uh, the Texans did draft Nico Collins in the third round of this year's draft, which called Kuti's uh, uh, dynasty value to question. And contrary to some dynasty elements, though, I'm actually not as high on Collins. Uh, he's routinely drafted one or two rounds ahead of where I would draft him in rookie drafts. His draft capital definitely demands that he's going to get the first shot to become the wide receiver two in Houston, but I'm not sure he's better than Kuti, and I'm positive that he's not better than Miller, if Miller can get his head straight. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue around this wide receiver core, and I'm uh, holding every asset that I have watching with a close eye this preseason because Kuti and Miller are on the roster bubble of all my teams, and this will help me decide which of them I might cut come cut time. Next uh, wide receiver group that I'm interested in watching this uh, preseason is the Detroit wide receivers. Uh, Detroit is flat out starting over at wide receiver, which I don't think I've really ever seen it this drastic before. Second year man Quintus Cephas is the only returning wide receiver to have a chance to be a starter next year. Uh, Cephas is going to compete with fourth round draft pick Amon Ross St. Brown and free agent signees Tyrell Williams, Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman. They're going to compete for the starting roles on an offense that's now commandeered by a new quarterback in Jared Goff. So the Lions have one of the muddiest wide receiver cores I've ever seen. It's unclear who the top targeted wide receivers will be um, Will be from literally what, number one to number four. We just don't know. And this is what, is, of course, is fueling the expectation that TJ Hawkinson will actually be the top targeted pass catcher in Detroit. While I'd love to see um, roster and role clarity this preseason, I honestly, for this situation, I don't expect to see much. I'm going to watch to see two things at least. First, I want to see if Amon Ross St. Brown can establish himself as a starter. I want to see if he can get a ton of targets in the preseason. Uh, he's one of my favorite wide receivers on the roster. He is my favorite wide receiver on the roster. And I believe that he will become the best long-term prospect on this team, even if he's not the top target this year. Uh, St. Brown seems like the best player, best suited to start in the slot, and solidify a role maybe as a Z receiver. Uh, but secondly, I want to see who emerges as the top X receiver which really could be Cephas, Perriman, or Williams. They're all capable of doing so. And once one of them establishes that role, then the dominoes will fall, and there will be a little bit more clarity on who's playing the slot, who's playing the Z, and who's playing all over the field there in this uh, very crowded wide receiver room. The good news is that the Lions, uh, more than almost any team, have nothing to hide, <laughs> and they have a lot to prove during their preseason games. So the few players that they you know do have, I don't think they're going to try to protect them. I don't think they're going to try to protect... Uh, you know, veiling their schemes during the preseason. They just have to work on so much. So I hope there's going to become some clarity, um, but I really question whether the clarity is going to come just because they're all capable receivers. I don't know what's going to happen with this one, but curious to watch. Next uh, I'll mention is the Baltimore wide receivers. Uh, Baltimore appears to see the need to improve their passing game if they intend to compete with the high-scoring Chiefs and Bills in the AFC. Um, I assume that they're finally planning on using Lamar's arm as much as his feet going forward. Even though they're going to continue to be you know, one of the run-heaviest teams, I don't think that's going to change, but they know that they need to pass more than they have in the past. 
And Baltimore's really struck out on the wide receiver draft picks uh, year after year. They've selected um, the very best wide receiver they've ever drafted, though, this year in Rashad Bateman. Uh, he was one of my top-ranked rookies before the NFL draft, but fell quite a bit in my rankings after landing in Baltimore. However, I didn't drop him as far as most dynasty analysts because I still believe that he can elevate Baltimore's passing game with his supreme talent. I believe Bateman will change the target shares in Baltimore by the end of this year, uh, leading the team ahead of Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown. But what I'm most eager to see this preseason, though I really believe it will take till probably mid-season to discern, is if Baltimore will bump up their pass-to-run ratio and become more of the middle of the pack in the NFL. Um, if they do, I really like Bateman, and I want to see if they can really make this transition. I hope the preseason will give us some indication if, if they plan to experience with more uh, more in their passing schemes. Uh, Baltimore may decide to play things closer to the vest this preseason and kind of hide that if they're planning to do it, but I don't know if they can afford to do so. I think they need to, to practice what they're trying to do and change to become a little bit more of a passing team. I'm eager to see if there's any signs of change uh, in their offense this preseason. Next is the Jacksonville wide receivers. Uh, Jacksonville's new head coach, Urban Meyer, is a complete mystery in the NFL, so no one knows what his system will look like in the NFL yet. He inherited uh, several talented players, but he didn't draft them. He also drafted many offensive players, signed a lot of undrafted free agents, and signed uh, uh, or signed a lot of uh, yeah undrafted free agents, and then signed the free agent uh, pro or veteran free agent Marvin Jones. So Marvin Jones, DJ Chark, and Lavisca Chenault appear to be the three uh, starting wide receivers on paper, but everything's up in the air given this new coaching staff. The offense and every receiver should benefit from Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick in the NFL draft last year being on the roster. Uh, that said, we don't know which receiver Lawrence will favor most over the next year or really for the years to come. And so this offseason, I, I dropped Chark quite a bit in my rankings while raising Chenault quite uh, ahead of him. Uh, Jones is uh, fall, uh, definitely a falling dynasty asset, Marvin Jones, uh, but he could very well be the highest scoring receiver in Jacksonville in the short term. And then there's Colin Johnson, Jalen Camp, and Josh Imator Bebe that are size and freak athletes on the team. And I wouldn't be surprised to see one or all of them compete and challenge for playing time on this roster. So some of the back-end wide receivers will be cut by the end of the preseason by Jacksonville, I think. I'm eager to see which of the players make the team because I believe that they'll be a very valuable kind of back-end of the roster players to hold in Jacksonville. While Chark, Chenault, and Jones uh, become the starters, I really want to see who Lawrence really develops the most chemistry with among those three. Two more things to mention here. Uh, next is the Washington wide receivers. Uh, all the wide receivers in Washington should perform better this year under Ryan Fitzpatrick than they did last year under the leadership of Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, and Alex Smith. Uh, Terry McLaurin is without a doubt the wide receiver one on the team, but the wide receiver two and three options are really a little bit up in the air. Curtis Samuel is likely locked up to be the slot receiver role, and he'll be used as a gadget wide receiver in many different ways, I believe. But the pure wide receiver roles, like Kelvin Johnson or Kelvin Harmon and rookie Diami Brown, could really earn significant roles with their team. So third-year wide receiver Kelvin Harmon and second-year wide receiver Antonio Gandy-Golden are far more talented than Steven Sims and Cam Sims, who actually had considerable roles on the offense last year while Harmon and Gandy-Golden were injured. I'm most curious to see who can win a starting role between Harmon, uh, Gandy-Golden, and Brown. Uh, Diami Brown was my most drafted rookie player this last year. Uh, he's definitely the best big play guy in potential. But Kelvin Harmon was my top-ranked rookie wide receiver in his rookie class before the NFL draft. And he fell, fell a lot after the, rookie, after the NFL draft uh, because he was drafted so late as a sixth-round draft pick uh, that I dropped him quite a bit. But before the NFL draft, I had him as my number one wide receiver. 
So I still believe in his talent, though he's been injured his first two years. I have him on the very end of my roster bubble on many of my dynasty teams. So I'm holding out hope that he can actually stay healthy and become a starter on this team. I want to watch to see, though, um, if Brown is playing ahead, you know, more in the Samuel role where they're splitting time with each other, or if Brown earns an independent role as an outside wide receiver ahead of Harmon and Gandy Golden. And I hope that, man, we can get enough news here to help me finally drop Harmon or be glad that I kept him. We'll see what happens there in Washington. And finally, the last is the Indianapolis uh, tight ends. Really want to see what happens with the Indianapolis tight ends. But uh, that said, things may have changed drastically this week after news broke, no pun intended, that Carson Wentz hurt his foot. Uh, man, and before this news, I was very eager to see which of the tight ends could emerge as the top target in Indianapolis. Uh, Frank Wright's offensive system and Carson Wentz's history definitely target the tight end. And so I was eager to see if Mo Alley Cox or Jack Doyle would emerge as a clear starting tight end. Uh, Trey, Trey Burton uh, uh, left, you know, eight into their time last year and stole a ton of goal line looks last season, which was frustrating. But Burton's no longer with the team. But the Colts did add another intriguing process, uh, prospect in uh, Colin Grant, uh, Grantson in the fourth round of the NFL draft. He could maybe become the new Trey Burton that quenches all the tight end value in Indianapolis. Or, or, after years of experience, it could be that Mo'Ally Cox finally becomes the next superstar tight end. Uh, these are the questions that I hope to see answered this preseason, but unfortunately, with Carson Wentz out of the lineup indefinitely, I doubt that we're going to get the answer to these questions. I'm still going to pay attention uh, to these position battles during the offseason and make the best decision I can for these bottom-of-the-roster guys. Uh, Indianapolis tight ends uh, will be on a tightrope on my rosters for sure. Unless clarity comes, except for tight end premium leagues, they could get cut from my teams. But I was expectant and hopeful that Allie Cox would emerge as the starter. Uh, but now with Wentz sidelined, it even is a little bit more of a leap of faith to hold on to that hope. So hope to see what happens during these off-season reports and pre-seasons to help me decide what to do with the Indianapolis tight ends. Those are some of the things I'm most excited about. I can't believe it's finally here. We get to watch some preseason games starting, well, one preseason game this week, but they're going to start coming in. Shorter preseason this year with only three games, but it's going to be fun, as always, to watch. I promise to watch every single preseason game for you, and during this offseason, before the season starts, I will report on what I see from watching every single snap of every single preseason game. It's going to be fun. Strap it on. It's time to get going. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate your support. Would love if you'd make time to rate and review the podcast. That would mean a lot to me. Uh, contact me anytime. Would love to reach out and hear from you. So to contact me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com, dynastyfreaks with two E's, dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. I'd love to interact with you as you prepare your teams and your rosters for the start of a new season. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. Get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.